0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So we are now in the middle of a four-week conversation on the practice of reimagining. We've we've talked about reimagining the church as a family and as a sanctuary and as the communion of saints. We we talked last week about reimagining the Bible, not as something that is inerrant or irrelevant, but as this text uh, that is beautiful and mysterious and sacred. Today, we're going to have a conversation about reimagining heaven, And uh, I I do want you to know next week I'm going to talk about reimagining hell. And so I'm not going to get to hell today. We're not going to touch on that. Uh, So if I said heaven and you immediately thought hell, just wait. We'll do that next week together. Uh, But when you think of heaven, what images or ideas come to your mind? Uh, It might be like a movie or a TV show. It might just be like scenes from The Good Place. Uh, Or for me, it's uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. That is definitely at the top of my list. Uh, It's like a childhood core memory, I guess. Uh, I wonder for you, when you think of heaven, is everyone wearing like the same white linen situation? Or maybe you see it through like um, an Instagram filter, like it's a grainy, bright kind of situation. It's airy. Most of the time, uh, we think of the world split into these kind of two places or two planes where there's... Uh, heaven, and that's God's space, and it's up here. And then there's earth, and that's our space, human space. And these two spaces are totally separate. They're two separate paradigms, planes, places even. And here we are down in our human space, wanting to leave here and go up to God's space. And one day we'll die. And, um, we, we might leave this human space, and if we uh, believed just right or behaved just right, then we get to enter into that God space, the white linen uh, paradise, if you will. <laughs> based on either our righteousness or, or our, our, our right beliefs, we get to escape earth, leave this human space, and kind of enter into heaven, God space, when we die. Most of us, even if only subconsciously, think of heaven in those kinds of ways, right? We, we think of it as kind of a cosmic reward for our good behavior or our good beliefs. I know some of you were taught, like, you don't get to heaven by good behavior. This is not works-based. It's thought-based, I guess. It's based on our beliefs. It's based about thinking the right thing about a set of things, which is really confusing if you're, like, a seven-year-old, Um but, but we think of heaven as kind of a cosmic reward system for our right belief or our right behavior that we get in. That's why we would say things like we're storing up treasures in heaven or, oh, there's another, another jewel in your crown, right? If you uh, resist temptation or you do a good deed, you're just storing up treasures in heaven. It's a, it's a cosmic reward system. Or, or we might think of it as, as like a escapism, right? We get to escape this human space all of the messiness, the ugliness, the pain that exists by being with other people because we're messy and bothersome. So we get to escape all of this humanness and escape into God's space. We will fly away. It's reward or it's escape. But I want us to reimagine heaven today not as an eternal reward for our rightness, where we escape Earth once and for all, but rather as the divine union of heaven and earth, right not reward, not escape not escapism, but divine union right the The Bible actually tells the story not of two separate spaces where you leave one and hopefully get to enter into the other. but the Bible tells the story uh, of the mysterious union of these spaces, these planes. Not that they're separate and we get to escape from one to another, but that somehow they're not separate at all. And in fact, they're actually moving into even more union and oneness for one another. And we get kind of glimpses of this mysterious overlap in temples and tabernacles, in the Eucharist and in worship and community. And when we do good deeds, we get these overlap between heaven and earth That there is, in fact, no distinction at all between God's space and human space. Just as it was in the Garden of Eden, just as the Bible tells us in Revelation 21, that that's how it will be in the New Jerusalem. That one day, all things will be mysteriously united. There will be oneness and wholeness. There will be no separation between God and humanity. No separation between humanity and other humanity. That everything will be at one restored and whole. Divine union, all things united, nothing and no one left behind. The union of heaven and earth. And I I want us, as we reimagine heaven in this way, I just, I want you to, when you see the word heaven, instead of thinking eternal reward or I get to escape earth, I want you to see God's intended and inevitable union with everything. And I know that's not as uh, as quick right off the t- tongue as a reward, or paradise, or escape. But when you see heaven, I want you to think God's intended and inevitable union with everything. Inevitable and intended union with everything. And now I'm into this idea. It's a nice theological idea that instead of there being these two separate places that we get to escape into, but in fact, Our space and God's space are becoming one, mysteriously united. I like this, okay? But if you're like me, uh, your next question might just be well, then what happens when I die? (laughs) Or uh, does this matter at all for my life now? How does this affect my living and how does this affect my dying? Sure, it's a nice idea about heaven and earth finding union, but what happens when I die and how does this affect my life now? Uh, Let's start with death for fun for fun's sake, okay? Uh, So we're all alive right now, uh, you and I, living, breathing, mostly awake, I hope. And we might describe God right now in our living as good. Might sing some songs about that. As compassionate, as kind, loving, gracious, accepting even. Yes, you're in for that. That's how we would describe God in our living right now. So do you think God changes when you die? Does your death change God? No, right? In your death, just like in your life, God will be good and compassionate and gracious and loving and kind and accepting. Richard Rohr says it like this, if God loves and accepts us now in our broken state, why would the divine policy change after death? It is the same God before and after our death. Right? There's no divine policy change. God loves and accepts us. I believe there will be full union of heaven and earth. All things will be made one. And I think that union is happening now and overlapping in some ways that we don't understand, that we might could experience and see. But I think that there will be a time where everything is at one, all at peace, wholeness, oneness, union, And I believe that you will be there for it. Fully restored and in the presence of God. And I believe that your family members and your friends and your loved ones who have passed before you, I believe they'll be there too. That they're in that God space, whatever that is. That union and restoration that it is available for them because God's policy, divine policy didn't change because they died. God loved them, wanted union with them while they were alive. Why wouldn't God want that union when they die? There's no policy change. In their death, God was loving and compassionate and kind. I believe the words of Jesus when Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you will be where I am. so what happens when you die? Well, the same thing that happened while you were alive. God wanted to be with you. Through God's grace and compassion, kindness and love, God is pursuing union. God's pursuing union in your living and in your dying. Heaven is the inevitable and intended union with you. God's union with you. Inevitable and intended union with God. And it is, of course, going to include you. And so what does this mean for our lives now? Right, if There's this inevitable union with God. That sounds nice. So what for right now? The The intended union, I believe, in some mysterious way, that it does actually start now. When Jesus talks about heaven, he almost always talks about it in the present tense. His very first sermon is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. And this was his sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. But in other Gospels, he, he preaches the kingdom of heaven is here. And he tells his followers in Luke uh, 17, the kingdom of God is within you. Not later, now. Not over there, here. Not with someone else, within you. God's intended union is now. And Jesus says, repent or change your way of thinking. That kingdom that you've been waiting for, that intended union and wholeness, oneness, it's here. It's now. It's within you. Union with God is available to us now, right? We are experiencing in some mysterious way this divine overlap. And maybe we need eyes to see it or a new way to understand it. Thomas Merton says it like this, We are living in a world that is absolutely transparent, and God is shining through it all the time. God manifests himself everywhere in everything, in people, and in things, and in nature, and in events. The gate of heaven is everywhere. When Jesus shows up, he is heaven in the flesh, perfect union with God in the flesh. And he says things like, follow me, or or, do likewise. Or, or you will do even greater things than me. Maybe heaven isn't escapism because it's already available. Right? Instead of worrying if you'll be allowed into heaven one day, maybe you should start trying to live into heaven now. Right. The gate of heaven is everywhere. Right? This is how it matters for your life now. You can experience it now not there and later, here and now. There will be an inevitable union with God, I believe. But also, God intends to be united with you now. That that, uh, that union, that wholeness, that oneness is somehow mysteriously available and it's everywhere. Everywhere. I don't mean this in some hyperbolic way. I mean, it is everywhere. Every person you lock eyes with, the gate of heaven, an image bearer, every toddler giggle in your house, every perfect meal, every first sip of coffee in the morning, in the mundane, in the ordinary, in the routine, everywhere the gate of heaven is everywhere if we slow down long enough i think we'll see those moments of divine overlap that somehow mysteriously god is seeking pursuing union with us now here and now and now i know i don't want to say all of that as a way to diminish the real pain and struggle and hardship in your life and in our world okay the the world Has some serious issues, and your life has some real pain. I'm not trying to take those away. I'm not saying everything's perfect. I know your life in our world isn't always beautiful. It's hard, there's real struggle, but it's also beautiful. It is. If we slow down long enough, if we open our eyes wide enough, every person we lock eyes with, Every moment of our day, in the ordinary, in the mundane, the gate of heaven is everywhere. Heaven is our inevitable and intended union with God. Our inevitable and our intended union with God. It's not escapism. It's not a reward. And that intended union starts here and now. And so, of course, it will be there and later. Divine policy doesn't change. And that Heaven is supposed to be this amazing idea uh, where everything is made right and restored. It's beauty and it's awe, it's wholeness and oneness. Ultimately, it's just good. It's just goodness. But because of, of kind of the place and time we live, because of the religious context of many of us, ha- heaven has been kind of shrouded in anxiety and shame and fear. And for me, it started uh, with anxiety about my own eternal destination, right? Will I get to go to heaven? Do I believe the right things? Do I believe enough of the right things? But through a mix of kind of uh, faux certainty and uh, a savior complex, I got over my own anxiety about going to heaven. I was like, I'm definitely sure about this. And now I got to help everybody else be sure too. I stopped being so anxious about my own heavenly citizenship, and I started just being anxious about everyone else's. So it was still anxiety, it was still fear, it was still shame. But then I, I just, I just kind of topped it with certainty and savior complex. Right? Well, will these other people in my life will they make it in? Do they believe the right way? Have I done my evangelistic duty? You know, I'm sitting on the plane next to someone, and they're reading a very secular book. Should I say something? And then I don't say something, so now I feel bad for not saying something. Was I the person who was supposed to get them into heaven? Anxiety, shame, judgment, certainty, savior complex. But now, when I get those feelings that are ultimately feelings of inadequacy, right? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? Do I believe enough? Am I in? Are they in? Who is in? When I get those feelings, of spiritual inadequacy, I try to hear the whisper of Jesus and it is a whisper. It is quiet. Say, the kingdom is already within you and within them and them and them and them. When you think of heaven, you don't have to feel any anxiety, any shame, no fear. It's already within you and it's within them and them and those other people too. Heaven is our inevitable and our intended union with God. So instead of fearing the future, experience it in the present. So what's your relationship to heaven? Maybe uh, you can't even think about heaven because you're so afraid of hell. And I understand. We'll, we'll come back to that next week. Uh, Maybe you think of heaven as a reward or as an escape. And I wonder why you do that. I wonder if some of us need the reward. Some at different times in my life, I have needed the reward. Right? It's just ultimate martyr complex to say, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forego all of these things. I'm going to sacrifice myself and things that I uh, enjoy because one, I'm storing up treasures. Right? I need, if the reward isn't there, then what is all this for? Maybe You need the reward. And uh, what do you think happens when you die? I think uh, you'll experience God's desired union and oneness. But what do you think? You know, we can disagree. We're allowed. Maybe just the question makes you anxious. What do you think happens when you die? And how could you start experiencing some of that divine overlap now? You know, I think most of it comes down uh most of our inability to experience heaven now, that intended union now, I think most of our inability to do that comes down to a couple things. One, I think a lot of us are just moving too quickly, just our speed in the world. Right? We just miss how much goodness and beauty there is everywhere. Right? The, the gate of heaven is everywhere, but we're like three minutes late to school drop off, so we don't have time for that. And then I think some of us are just honestly too tired. you're just exhausted. Of course you're not going to find heaven everywhere. you're exhausted. So here's my spiritual advice to those of you who are moving too quickly to those of you who are exhausted. Uh, make yourself take a nap. Maybe rest is the answer for all of us <laughs> that, that, that would help us. You slow down long enough to experience some beauty, some goodness. And if we're so tired we're missing it, maybe we just need a nap. Right? Heaven is shining through our transparent world. Are you willing to acknowledge heaven as your inevitable union with God? And are you able to see it and experience it now? Throughout the Bible, the people of God continue to believe that they are separated From God and God's love. They build altars and they make sacrifices to try to make themselves right with God. They build temples and tabernacles to try to contain and commune, commune with God. They create systems of power and write laws and form whole societies around not separating themselves from God. But over and over and over again in the Bible, God keeps telling them, I am with you wherever you go. And they create some new laws and God says, no, 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 I am with you wherever you go. And they build some new systems and God says, no, I'm not sure if you heard me, I will never leave you or forsake you. And based on their own fear and anxiety, they do something else. And God says, no, fear not, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then when Jesus shows up, they even call him Emmanuel, God with us. But instead of us humans thinking, wow, what a beautiful reminder that God has always been with us and that God will always be with us, we heard this story and we thought, wow, we must be so messed up, so separated from God that God would have to come down here and deal with us himself. And now we hear and teach and believe things like we were so far from God that God's son didn't just have to show up to deal with us. He actually had to die for God to be with us again. This is the story of God and humanity, that all that separation is only ever perceived. It's not reality. It's perception, not reality. God never separates. God never leaves. God's movement is always towards humanity. God is always for us. I believe when the Bible says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? Or this one from Romans 8, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. You you aren't separated from God in your living, and you won't be separated from God in your dying. Heaven isn't our reward. It's not our escape. Heaven is our purpose. It's our reality. It's our destiny. Heaven is inevitable. Heaven is coming for each of us, and it's coming right now. God has only ever moved toward you. God is pursuing us. The separation has only ever been a perception, a projection of our own insecurities. Gather, rejoice, and be free. Heaven is here, and heaven is coming for all of us. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Release any anxiety, fear, or shame about your eternal destination. Union with God is your intended purpose and your inevitable reality. Praise God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.